1: The Fan is live and local with Fan Sports Saturday. The Fan Sports Day of the Week. Oh, this is some clever branding. Here's your host, place name here. Having never done it,
2: I can't say for 100% certainty that being a head football coach at a place like Ohio State's a tough job. I think it is. I think it's a very difficult job. But again, haven't done it, so all I can say is that's what I think. And it it makes I think it rings doubly true, triply true, quadruply true on weeks like this or weeks since Penn State in, what, middle of October? Where not only do you have to win the football games, but you have to manage everything else that's going on around your team from a day-to-day, hour-by-hour, minute-by-minute basis. And for a place like Ohio State, where everything you do is centered around really one or two days out of the year, the 25th, 24th, 26th of November. You have to manage your team and everything else around that every single day with that still in the periphery. And then this time tomorrow, right smack dab in your face. Shut up computer. I am Eric Reiser. That is chops. Buddy Wells running the board on this sports Saturday. Spectacular until nine 30 this morning leading up all day today until a 4 o'clock kick between Ohio State and Minnesota. And if you out there are thinking to yourself, oh yeah, Ohio State plays Minnesota today, you couldn't be faulted for having that come into your head. Because for the past week, for the past month plus, Chops, it has been Michigan, Michigan, Michigan. More so here than it has been in the past two years, understandably, Michigan, Michigan,
3: Michigan. Well, it worked out too because this year there were Three to there was a, at the beginning of the season maybe a fourth couple with, things with Wisconsin yes. that you were circling, but you get through the Notre Dame game and then the Connor Stallion stuff with Michigan all kind of started the week of the Penn State game, and so you were still very focused on that game. But you had this whole thing going on up there in Ann Arbor. Then you get through Penn State. It turns out Wisconsin wasn't quite as good as we thought, but it was still a tough game out there at Camp Randall. Since then, it's been really just uh, there's no. Real thought given from you know the outside source. Obviously, the players and the coaches still have to focus on the opponent. Of course, That's there. But from the outside in, it's just like, man, I am just so ready to get to this game up in Ann Arbor this year. They've lost two in a row to Michigan, and all this stuff going on is—is is Harbaugh going to get suspended? Is he going to challenge it in court? It turns out they—they they decide <laughs> that they well, they they were. And we're going to war. Just There's so much going on, and then back to your point about like it definitely is hard to coach Ohio State and you kind of get it a, a little bit i mean it's overblown a lot but college coaches become such control freaks and the biggest difference is because they actually are in control of everything and the buck stops with them there's no gm to pawn it off on they i've never really heard of a college coach like oh we're going to fire the uh, the recruiting coordinator but the the coach is still going to stay you know like how you might fire a gm <laughs> but keep the coach like and th- they've got everything under their purview and then on a day like today where You're right. It would be so hard to not be looking forward, and they've got to make sure that everybody stays focused. There's the this one is a good one, but it is a, a distraction a little bit in the senior day festivities. It's something that you do want to take part in and make that a big deal for the players and managing all that and managing the expectations while also still making sure that you are preparing for the real game that is that is coming up. And I don't mean to disparage Minnesota. Well, you said
2: real game as if today is not a real game. Talent- I can't
3: fault you there because it doesn't feel like it. Talent-wise and what we've seen from the Golden Gophers this season, no, they are not on Ohio State's level. They could surprise people and maybe be a little feisty, but <laughs> I I, <laughs> the see, I see really no chance of them winning this game. And for uh, the Gophers and for P.J.
2: Fleck, who I think among Big Ten coaches in the last decade has been fraught with injuries at, wor- at, at the worst times. I think he's had the worst injury luck of really any coach in the Big Ten in the last decade. If you think about the talent that he's had when they've gotten injured and how... Often, they've been able to play as a fully armed and operational Golden Gopher battle station. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, you talk about injuries. Like Tanner Morgan was injured. If you saw Rashad Bateman on Thursday night, you go, that guy is familiar. I don't think he ever actually played a full season at Minnesota. Like, he was there for a handful of years, but he was never healthy enough. If you go back to 2021, I think Mo Ibrahim and the Minnesota Golden Gophers are an ankle or a, a torn Achilles away from maybe upsetting Ohio State. Yeah. And so for this team, for this program, who what they're playing for right now in Minnesota is just to spoil. It's just to come in and spoil because if you're PJ Fleck and your t shirts and sweatshirts are very tight on you, you are telling your team that is nobody thinks we're going to win this. We're 27 and a half point underdogs. Go out there. They, they, they're laughing at us on the radio. Go out there, play your asses off, keep this game into the fourth quarter. Try as best as you can to shock the
3: world. I just don't think they're going to have the guys to to go out there. But yeah, you're right. Sounds good. Going that. And we're going to talk about some of the uh, championship game scenarios for conferences a little bit later in the show. Michigan Minnesota still alive in the Big Ten West because every team except Purdue is still alive in the Big Ten West, which is pretty ridiculous. They would be knocked out with a loss to Ohio State. But if you're P.J. Fleck, you can sit on that and say, hey, look at this. If we go out and take care of business, only a few things have to happen. We could find ourselves possibly replaying Ohio State in in the Big Ten title game as the winner of Ohio a State. Michigan." we will make it unicorn have to happen. But you're going to try because that's yeah. what the coaches do. They have to go out there and they have to motivate the guys. And it just you mentioned injuries. I mean, it even extends to this year. They lost. Year, their, yes. They were going to be a running team because Caliac Man is not the guy at quarterback he's very up and down it's really weird he either has like a complete bottom out like 40 percent completion percentage and then he'll have like a 75 oh it's the ultimate completion. minnesota
2: quarterback right it, it
3: is the most up and down when i looked at his game log yesterday i was like okay so he's not completely bad because i remember in the nebraska game that was that thursday the first week of the season they played nebraska they won on the last second field goal and i remember evaluating caliak Manis this way He's actually kind of fun to watch because he's a little haphazard, maybe a little gunslinger to him, but he's not consistent and he's not really that talented, but I I do enjoy watching him, so I'll I'll get another chance to to check him out today against Ohio State, I think it's going to be tougher sledding than Matt Rule's first game against Nebraska. And then they've been hurt in the running game, which is I think where they wanted their bread and butter to be offensively this year. And they've gone down to their fifth option. There's a chance that I uh, believe it's Taylor is their is their best back. He is out. He might be back today. Okay, but if if not a fifth string which you don't really have a fifth string and what does that mean well yeah it's it's newbin's brother they're their talented safety he's moved over to tailback and he was a converted DB and that's who's been playing the bulk of tailback for them I'm about recently. to say Darius Taylor hasn't logged action in a month yeah so there's I was reading that there's there's some hope that maybe he could be back today and I don't know if that's really gonna I mean It would be the better back for them, but how much would it really help them? And if not, it's going to be rough for them. I just, offensively, it does not look, and you can look at the rankings of them. They're like past the 100 mark in most important offensive rankings. They just are not going to have the guys out there. And we know that Ohio State's defense has been playing not only better, but at a top five level all season long.
2: Yeah, it's one of the... One of, if not the best defense in the country for Ohio State against a Minnesota Golden Gophers squad that ranks 125th in passing yards per game, 101st in points per game, uh, and 63rd in rushing yards per Everything
3: game. Everything gets covered up by how anemic Iowa is offensively, but if you look through the numbers, the offenses in the, the Big, Big Ten, 10 West, West are terrible. Is this littered
2: year. with anemic offenses. And for PJ Flack, it's the message keep rowing the boat. Um, that's, I think, my second least favorite goofy phrase. Is there's, those who stay will be champions, echoed by the Michigan man. And I couldn't help think yesterday that it could be changed to those who stay will be the scapegoat fire. As what, this time yesterday, uh, a little less than 24 hours ago, Michigan parted ways with linebackers coach Chris Partridge. Despite the Wolverines have one of the best defenses in the country, you wouldn't think less than two weeks out, boy... That's a weird time to fire your linebacker's coach. Your defense is humming. Your head coach, just the day before, after declaring war, decided, no, 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 we'll take the three-game sideline suspension. So the Big Ten and Michigan did not get their day in court. Instead, Mm -hmm. settling on a Jim Harbaugh's out the next two games, going to serve all three of that sideline suspension, and the Big Ten will wrap up its investigation.
3: For now. For now. When the NCAA has their investigation and their findings, the Big Ten does... Reserve the right to put Hop back more in. sanctions on it, and it 's so funny because they could use that rule that the that rule thirty two in the Big Ten handbook that Michigan was actually going to use to argue against using the sportsmanship arm of it to punish Jim Arba in this sense is the one that could come back and get him, and the Big Ten could punish them again, but for right now, yes the the Big Ten is currently not going to do anything until the NCAA rules on this. It sounds like they have a ton of dirt. But there's no confidence from anybody that I've seen. Plus, Michigan gets a very long chance to respond once they get the notice of allegations. It will be passed, not just this season, but could all be the way through bowl season and this national year. championship. We could be yeah. looking at
2: this time next year without a concrete, clear resolution. Concrete's not clear, but a concrete resolution into all of this. What While they're I, still
3: looking at another thing for the recruiting violations,
2: too. Two things that I wanted to happen will not happen. Did not happen. Michigan did not get to go in court because I wanted to see how that was going to go. And Jim Harbaugh will not be on the sidelines next Saturday in Ann Arbor for Ohio State-Michigan. Wolverines, as Bodie said in the update, are at Maryland today. He's not going to be on the sideline, um, but he's going to be with the team. He was with them for dinner last night. So what is it actually going to mean
3: today? Nothing. Next week? Probably a lot. So Michigan released, obviously, the statement with the Big Ten. Uh, the Big Ten in Michigan so released statements. a statement on Thursday. Too many. Statements. But we have not seen individual statements. Harbaugh has not released a statement. Ward Manuel, the athletic director, has not released a statement. Santa Ono, the president of the university, has not released a statement. And you say, well, is the president always like one? It's it's he's overseeing the whole thing. But he's been very vocal when they were when they were blustery about going to court yep. and fighting. He this. wanted and, to
2: have. He was excited, looking forward to having his chance to argue his case.
3: And now they have not said anything. And one thing that. You know, I think that the, they're going to have to wrestle with and figure this out is they need to get a wrangle on the people who purport to represent Michigan as a fan base because they are still, because they're clinging to anything, the biggest one that they can still cling to, even though I don't really understand what it means and what they think it could mean, but that Ohio State is the reason that this investigation even started. That Ryan Day and the Ohio State crew turned over all this stuff and said, Michigan's doing this, you should look into this. And now I was seeing this. Now this is just message board fodder, so do not take this as any sort of gospel or really even any sort of fact. But there's a lot of people, Michigan men type people online, that are that are saying, well, they're actually just holding on to all of it, and they're they're trying to get this extensive dossier that then they can turn in everything on Ohio State. No, it I I don't believe that that's true. I they are, they've been doing this the entire time, clinging to something else that that could be it. All the while, after the first week or so, they really kind of stopped denying that Connor Stallions even did this and they didn't go that far in their agreement with the big 10 to accept the three game suspension. The only thing they got, the only caveat they got by settling with that in which the big 10 still got the punishment that they originally doled out was a line that says there is, there is, this is paraphrasing, but they've, the big 10 found no information suggesting that Harbaugh knew about the sign stealing scandal. But that's still kind of a dot 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 yet scenario, and we'll see what happens when the NCAA comes out. But the NCAA also apparently found more information this week on Michigan, and that's kind of what led to Partridge getting uh, let go and also them saying, OK, fine, we'll take the punishment from the Big Ten and let's close it on the conference side. For yeah, now.
2: it did read that last line where they talked about there was um, nothing right now that linked Jim Harbaugh to knowledge of any of this as part of the settlement. To where the Big Ten says, okay, we're going to close our investigation. And the Michigan man goes, yeah, hey, can you add this one thing real quick? Or can... It was more, can we add can it? Because it was in their, yeah, it was statement. their statement. Can we add this thing? It's not technically true, but it's not... tech. Well, I can't say it's not technically true. Because there is, as of right now, no smoking gun that points Harbaugh. To, it's not to anything. Of all it's of just this. we
3: have not seen the but evidence. But it's something that-, <laughs>
2: that they can lean back on and say, well, the Big Ten didn't find anything. Um, but in... Like you had said, um, the initial materials that were presented to the Michigan man from the Big Ten, from the NCAA, led Michigan to say, "All right, we're not gonna, we're not gonna do the court thing. Let's do the settlement. Let's just agree. He'll take the three games. That'll be that. You guys close the investigation for now, likely." Still waiting on everything from the NCAA. Um, The Chris Partridge thing was part of that document dump, or at least that document revelation, uh, to the University of Michigan before they went in front of Judge Judy. And the one question that I have that I think we will try to answer for you next is who the hell is Uncle T? It's Sports Saturday on The Fan.
1: We're known for three things. Games, conversation, and common man yelling about things only he cares about. The Fan, Ohio sports destiny. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game
0: changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.
1: Just because it's the weekend doesn't mean we shut up. This is Fan Sports Saturday.
2: Research shops, Bodie. This whole Michigan thing's really been something that reads more like a CBS drama than something you would see on SportsCenter. You've got injunctions, you've got restraining orders, freedom of information requests, dossiers, manifestos, rogue agents,
3: people sign are learning, stealing. People are learning the law on their own and talking about it.
1: Cyber <laughs> they crimes. Do know it.
3: Uh,
1: it doesn't
2: feel like this is sport,
3: but for me, this has
2: been as entertaining as it gets.
3: No, and you talk about it being a drama. I don't think you could write this. No. Because I don't know where, what's going to be the next thing. We were talking yesterday. Day that ends in a Y will offer new news. Yeah, going into the show yesterday, we are like, hey, is there there's something more that this story can offer? And then during the show on Bishop and Friends, yep, Chris Partridge gets fired, and there's more to it. And then throughout the day, more stuff came out about that, including how was all of this funded?
2: So Chris Partridge, the now former Michigan linebackers coach, was dismissed because... Reportedly, he did not cooperate with an NCAA investigation. Sound familiar? Well, Connor Stallions reportedly did not cooperate with an NCAA investigation. He no-showed a meeting with the University of Michigan. So he's somewhere out in the wind. Chris Partridge is somewhere out in the wind. And uh, according to the Associated Press, who filed a Freedom of Information Act uh, for Stallions' expense reports while he was employed at the University of Michigan from May 2022 to November 3rd of 2023, there are no records. Of expense reports being filed. And so when you look back at. Everything that's alleged to have been spent. On this sign stealing scheme. The thousands of dollars in travel. The premier tickets. The the cost of paying. Division 3 coaches to go and do the job. For you. Yeah. You got to wonder. This guy's making 50 grand. We know the economy. How is he able to afford all of this? Well yesterday that along with the Partridge firing. There is this unnamed Michigan booster or this unnamed Michigan fan but given the nickname Uncle T who helped fund this alleged scheme giving Stallions reportedly thousands of dollars for the expansion expenses that I just mentioned so as soon as the name Uncle T comes out people start trying to put red string on their corkboard in connecting those dots there have here, been here are known boosters who could Uncle T be a What was it? The NIL Collective Champion Circle. One of their board members, his name was thrown out there. There is a poster to MGO blog, which I'm sure by now, if you haven't looked at it for your daily humor, I would recommend it. Don't interact with them. But message board geniuses on Twitter has a great rundown almost daily of the nonsense Mm. that they post up there. And there was this, the real Talkman, well-known member who yesterday purported to be this Uncle T had, I don't know, another manifesto. I mean, this thing's got at least a thousand words, five or six bullet points, but everybody's trying to figure out who now Uncle T is, and we'll never, I don't think, officially know, because again, you can just do a quick Google search or search on Twitter, but the idea that this board member or this booster Acted alone with Connor, or acted without the consent or knowledge of the head coach or the athletic director, and giving thousands of dollars to this low-level staffer to go out and spend all of this money on what tickets to other events, Mm -hmm. on travel, on lodging—like it doesn't pass the sniff test. But it goes back to the initial point the Michigan man was trying to make, and their chief microphone, Desmond Howard, that it can't be connected back to Harbaugh.
3: Which is not that important because the NCAA has a rule that you need to know the rules and that you are in charge of your entire program as well, which is, as we get more into this, we talk about that lack of institutional control, a word that the NCAA, back when they had a lot more power and people would acquiesce Buckeye to Buckeye fans remember that phrase. Right. They would use that a lot as kind of the boom. That's, that's why you're being punished, just because of lack of institutional control. And it is getting to that point where that statement actually makes sense with Michigan because they've got it's not only this they've got other things going on they've got the uh recruiting violations that the NCAA is also looking into Matt Weiss is being what it's investigated by, investigated by the FBI for computer crimes for computer by the Federal Bureau of Investigation it's it's all a mess up there so I think that's what the NCAA is going to come down with when they go it As far as like what was funding it. Okay. It's interesting that Michigan wasn't funding it. And maybe it could have been an outside source. There's also the mysterious companies that Connor Stallions had opened up, the LLC, the vacuum cleaner refurbishing business. Was he Airbnb any house? I saw somebody posting something. It was like a public real estate record. They're saying, Oh, he sold this house he owned and for a good, for a big profit. Maybe that's how he was doing it. But either way, something had to be footing the bill. And the only way that the, even the, the stance of the lone wolf and he was doing this. All himself was maybe if it was only over one season and then they got turned in and then they they found it out that like maybe I could see that. But once they like really started to take notice of what Stallings was doing and they had him next to the coordinators during the games whispering in the ears based on the, the signs he was stealing and the fact that he expanded it to go outside of the Big Ten over the years, there is not a doubt in my mind that at least people on the staff knew exactly what was going on. Maybe Arbot did a good job of, I don't want to know, don't tell me what's going on. But he had to know something was up and people on the staff had to know that I, there's, I have no way of reconciling in my brain that for two and a half seasons, Connor Stallions was just doing this and everybody was like, man, this guy's really good at decoding things just off the, the television game tape.
2: No, no way. It goes back. I, I think whenever something like this happens, I always just think about Rick Pitino. And what happened with him at Louisville and how he had no idea of what was going on. It's like you had made the the point in the last segment that these guys are such control freaks mm-hmm. that they want to have control over everything that goes on in their program. There are just things they want to have zero knowledge of. And so that I think will be what the Michigan man's going to hold on to if they want to take this to court. But I thought that would have been Friday.
3: Well, and they can't take the Big Ten to court now. One, I mean, the, because it was dismissed with prejudice, which means that it cannot be reintroduced cannot in the future. But the Big Ten, I mean, the suspension's over a week from today. You it's know. true. A week and eight hours from today, it'll be over anyways, as he is still traveling with the team to Maryland. He's, he's, you know, reportedly he went through pregame stuff, not at the stadium. He's not allowed in the venue, but. It sounds like, as far as like the weakness of this actual punishment, obviously he's still coaching during the week, he can still do recruiting stuff, but he's with the team and he's going to talk to them before the game and he'll probably talk to them after the game. He just literally can't, by my understanding, by what other people have said, by what I've read, he just can't go in the venue where the game is going to be at. But I think Michigan has bigger problems to worry about because this line from the ESPN article where multiple sources told ESPN, the NCAA informed Michigan this week that it had obtained evidence suggesting that a university booster helped fund the Michigan imper impermissible sign stealing operation. Uncle T. And that's just goes on top of, we know that something was, was put in front of them this week that made them say, okay, They've kind of got us right now, and there's no way we're going to be able to argue this. That's one of the things that is leaked out about it, but there's going to be other things from this. And they don't just fire Chris Partridge for no reason. Last week they were complaining about it was too close to the game to suspend Harbaugh. And then they go ahead and just fire an assistant coach hour, you know, 24 hours here. before Nothing a game wrong with starts. That. It's, yeah, it's, it's just a complete mess up there, and the Partridge one with the NCAA, he was either obstructing it or discussing it with other people on the staff, which you're not supposed to discuss ongoing NCAA investigations with people. Either way, they found that he uh, did not live up to the duties of what he was supposed to do, and they, they let him go, and I don't know at this point. Nobody just does. Get us to the game.
2: Let's play him. So Michigan's daddy, Urban Meyer, had to address fake news on Friday. We'll tell you what he says he didn't say coming up next at Sports Saturday here on The Fan.
1: An encyclopedic knowledge of sports and other random things you may or may not care about. I think I found my mentor. Weekdays from noon to three. Every fan
0: knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer.
1: Instead of annoying national people talking to you this weekend, we've opted for annoying local people. This is Fan Sports Saturday.
2: Research Chops and Bodie rolling along for another hour. At the top of the next one, we will awaken Matty Andrews, the Ohio State Sports Network sideline reporter, get his take on everything going on both locally today, nationally from the past month, and then we're going to look forward to, uh, what's it, The first second week in December, Heisman ballots are due. Yeah, because the championship
3: games will be the first weekend of December. The
2: Buckeyes are doing the full court press on getting the route man to the Big Apple. So all of that with Matty Andrews uh, coming up at 9 a.m. Yesterday around 9.15 in our daily duty with our lifestyle, leisure, and sports program, Bishop and Friends, I saw something creep across Twitter from a known Michigan man and troll That had Urban Meyer, who uh, in his, I think weekly he does stuff with Jerry DiNardo on the Big Ten Network, breaking down football. Mm -hmm. And for my money, and there's not a lot of it because I work in radio, that's some of the best straight football discussion you can find anywhere. Is when Urban breaks down games, breaks down tape with Jerry DiNardo, both former football coaches Both guys with high football IQs. It's just fun if you're looking for just football and less of the BS around it.
3: Plus he writes on the glass dry erase board, which looks cool. It looks really cool.
2: And there was a video posted that didn't have any sound, but it had a quote accompanying the tweet video that said, Urban Meyer on Big Ten Network tonight. Quote, I love Ryan Day. I do. But with Jim Harbaugh not coaching, this is a must win game for Michigan. Continuing, you can't lose to an interim coach at ohio state and it went like wildfire there was a point when i was sitting there looking at this thing going "Uh uh-oh that's going to take off but knowing who the source was and there's a blue check mark there so i can understand where it would confuse a lot of people but if you play the video that's accompanied with it thinking oh (laughs) he's going to be him saying it there's no sound and this michigan troll does a really good job of when people in the comments go Hey, there's no sound. He's like, well, just keep trying. Turn the volume up. He even tags like Apple support saying, hey, can you help out this person here? Because the sound's clearly not working on their phone. So, yeah, phone.
3: he's straight up trolling. He is not I'm only so posting. He's not only posting the first video to try to get a rise out of people, but when people respond that, hey, I can't really verify this, he's then turning it around on them that, like, oh, it might be your device. Maybe you have to do this. Wow, that is. You know, I don't want to tip my hat to anybody up there. Oh, no, I will. I'm not going to mention him. That is next-level trolling. A tip of the cap to him. Bodie, I saw you
2: smile when I brought this thing up. Did someone at the fan get got with
1: that oh i have no idea okay i just thought it was just a plus level trolling it's just really good trolling i mean hey i think we've all been there you try to pull something up on twitter and the sound maybe doesn't work for a second mm-hmm. or two so you do think there's something wrong with it is, is my is volume up
3: and then you turn your ringer on on your phone <laughs> yeah. while trying to turn your volume up and you're like no i don't you want my ringer The on. video pull it up again just to see like maybe you take the
2: wi-fi off you're like why is this reset your device <laughs> like?
3: close out the app open it up again i'll get on desktop maybe it works there it I mean it's yeah it's an expert level troll job Urban Meyer responded to it yesterday complete nonsense never said this never would go bucks and just true. I don't think he'll respond to it on big noon kickoff later today but it it's not something that like took off a ton but it's there enough that people got got with it and they're they're looking into it it's be careful on Twitter especially with the blue check marks they're everywhere now if for just about anybody who wants to pay for that distinction on Twitter and it was you know we've had Injury news this week in the NFL that has been very important to us. And sometimes you're, you're just making sure that, oh, is this from an actual reputable source? One, not a very reputable source uh here, but he does have the blue check Got mark. the blue check. Anybody
2: can get that nowadays
3: like if you give Elon 10 of your dollars. But the reason why, yeah, it didn't take off is something in my mind. And I actually hadn't seen this until you put it in here. But if Urban Meyer did say something like that, you and I both, and we also monitor the Bishop and Friends page. That follows a ton of Ohio State beat reporters. Those guys are so good at aggregating and getting it out there that if this was said, I would have seen it four times over on my timeline from all of those guys. And no, we we did not see it here. So that is not what uh, Urban Meyer said. To be fair, it's not necessarily wrong. I don't think it's an I don't think Urban Meyer said it, but I don't think it's an incorrect it. statement. He
2: absolutely didn't say it. The statement itself, though, you don't survive as the coach at Ohio State. If you lose to an interim coach, that's just the way it is.
3: It isn't 100% wrong, especially obviously you can fall back a little bit on the well, they were stealing signs and they were cheating the last two years. And yes, that's definitely One a time, factor in evaluating time, it
2: three times in a row.
3: No. They, I don't care what the circumstances are. Ohio State doesn't lose to Michigan three times in a row, especially with the run they had been on in the 2000s where the only loss since they started winning all of them in a row was the year that it was an interim coach for Ohio State in Luke Fickle. All the other years, they win this game. So, no, I think the it, the funny thing is, while this is so embarrassing and it's really a strip down of Michigan and they're going to get in trouble with the NCAA, there's not a doubt in my mind that that happens, the pressure is more on Ohio State I agree. in this game. I absolutely agree. Because if you're Michigan, this
2: you've, you've got the cushion, right? You've got two years back-to-back Big Ten champions, back-to-back playoff appearances. Now, you didn't get what you want in those playoffs, but you made the Final Four. Now, with this, if... Michigan goes out and wins. This thing really goes away because Michigan's got a good enough team on the field to where if they beat Iowa in the Big Ten championship and then go to the college football playoff,
3: they would beat Iowa in the Big Ten championship.
2: beat. still got to play the game on the field. Come on, Iowa, man. They get a national championship, a college football playoff national championship that can't really be taken away by the NCAA. Jim Harbaugh would have everybody in the NFL calling for him, especially if he's able to go Big Ten title, Big Ten title, CFP, CFB, national champion in three consecutive years. And Michigan really would be able to wipe their hands of everything and everyone involved, and then when they bring in a new regime, have at least a five-year cushion for that coach to build things
3: back to a respectable level. And that's what Michigan's been looking for this entire time. I that's why so. their their big line last week was always just yelling due process, which was just code for take a very long time, something the NCAA is famous for in investigations. Just let us play out the season and then you can punish us for whatever you want. And that's why most of the time, you know, except for like SMU with the death penalty, Retroactive sports punishment doesn't really work. Does anybody? No, we saw that we see the games happening. Like, my wife is a Jets fan and she hates Tom Brady because the Patriots just own them for two decades, essentially, with Tom Brady under center and he won all those Super Bowls. And I asked her yesterday, I was like, yeah, but did you really feel any sort of vindication because he got suspended four games because of deflate gate? No. So if the games happen, that's really the end-all, be-all for me. The NCAA can, yeah, say, okay, in our record books, we're not going to count Michigan as a as a Big Ten champion in this season or as if they win all the way this year as a national champion in this season. But I know with my eyes that I've seen it and that game happen, and that's what Michigan wants. They want that moment of glory on the field. They didn't care what any means it took, any means necessary to go there. Or Jim Harbaugh said a few years ago he's going to beat Ohio State or die trying. Now, he's not going to physically die. But it does feel like this would probably likely lead to the end of his Michigan coaching career. Hopefully he can find a landing spot in the NFL. One thing's for sure, I bet his brother would hire him as they yeah. continually well, trade staff members throughout the years anyways. Look, his brother's got, like, John's got Jim's back. He said as much
2: this week. Yeah. And John was even saying that he didn't think that Big Ten of the NCAA had that smoking gun to really get Jim ousted in any sort of way. Of course, that things might have changed in the Wednesday in which John said that to the Thursday in which they were still, we can't wait for court tomorrow. And then Thursday afternoon, we're not going to court tomorrow. And then things that are still trickling out. But it's a thing for me that where an NFL team right now is more likely to give Jim Harbaugh a shot than they were a couple years ago. And that could be enough. Yeah, and that would that would
3: be probably the cleanest way to go about it, because the things I'm most interested in seeing from the NCAA investigation, not really the punishment. I don't care about the punishment, because I know, based on the evidence that we've already seen, that Michigan definitely did this, and whether or not Harbaugh knew directly or specifically everything that was going on, it's impossible for me to believe that he didn't know that something was amiss, that they were getting extra work done that was giving them an unfair advantage against opponents but once the NCAA comes out of it I want to see all the evidence they have I'm very interested in that and once all that evidence is out once this season is over and Michigan can have themselves in the record books maybe it's taken away from the NCAA again I don't care about that will Jim Harbaugh be able to leave on his own accord and find that NFL job that we've been alluding to or will the leadership finally turn on him because i think they're supporting it in the hopes that they can get to that glory of winning winning it all once you get past that point in this season and it becomes even more apparent that the ncaa is going to bring a hammer down will ward Manuel, the athletic director santa ono the president the fans of michigan will they finally turn on harbaugh i'm very interested to see if that happens it's always
2: must win but next week feels must win as much as it's ever felt for both teams. And just real quick on Ryan Day, or really on any Ohio State coach that fans out there might want to see dismissed with results that are happening, whether it be next week or whether it be six months from now, Gene Smith's leaving next summer. He will not be dismissing anybody between now and then, unless they force his hand. Poor performance on the field probably isn't going to be what does it, because I doubt Gene would want to have the new guy coming in and have to deal with hiring a, a big-time coach to be really his first thing so just on that front there um there is a, a an interesting thing that a michigan man just said we will tell you what it was he said and then how can ohio state today ensure that the route man gets an invite to the big apple all of that next it's sports saturday here on the fan
1: The sound of Paul Keel's calling a Buckeye game is erotic. Oh, yes. Your home of the Buckeyes, the fan, Ohio sports destiny. Every fan knows the right player in the right
0: position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock million-dollar protection package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to twenty-five percent your first year at LifeLock.com/slash-aware.
1: Sports Talk Weekend Style. You're listening to Fan Sports Saturday.
2: Yes, you are. Chops for Bodie rolling along until nine thirty, and we'll get you out to the Ozone Tailgate on Lane Avenue for the pregame show. Maddie, Ice, Devere, Posey have that from ten thirty to twelve thirty. Between ten thirty and nine thirty, Skip Mossick's got Ohio College Football today. Twelve thirty of the Fan Tailgate Show live from outside of St. John Arena. Anthony Rothman, Tim May, and Andy Katzamore will take you to two thirty. Then that's when Skip, Paul, Jim, and Maddie Andrews will have Ohio State Network pregame coverage leading up to that four o'clock kick between Ohio State and Minnesota. We will have Maddie Andrews on here in about fifteen minutes. Uh, discuss among many things what Ohio State can do to get Marvin Harrison Jr. to New York as a Heisman finalist, so what they can do today, and then obviously what can be done next week for the game. It's been a hell of a year for the Michigan man, and one of the, I'd say, most premier journalists, or the man that covers Michigan almost as good as anybody, is John U. Bacon. Uh, he had a couple of tweets this morning. Uh, years ago, legendary University of Michigan AD, Don Canham told me the key to crisis management was never turn a one-day story into a two-day story. What day is it? And what day is
3: tomorrow? Uh, Day 28, possibly. It's like days without incident has been zeros. So the Ohio State-Penn State game was on the 21st of October, which will be, that'll be a month on Tuesday. And this started going into that week. So it's been a month since this all started. And Michigan has not really been able to get any sort of hands around it at all. And it's only grown and resulted in Harbaugh being suspended for three games. His second three-game suspension of the season. John adds,
2: I'm not surprised that an overzealous junior staffer, Connor Stallions, and an eccentric donor, Tim Smith, oh, he named him Uncle T, are accused of crossing the line, but I'm stunned that a respected coach, Chris Partridge, pressured players to cover it up. Ooh. The surprises keep coming. And if he's putting that out there into the universe, it's likely something that's got a lot behind it.
3: And that's another big detail on the Chris Partridge one, that we had heard that The idea was that he was maybe obstructing the NCAA investigation or talking people about it when he shouldn't have been talking about it. But this is the first one that has that next level of detail of what he was doing to possibly obstruct it. Pressured players to cover it up. If he's pressuring players to cover it up, that means that at that point either the players knew or that the players knew all along. And that's going to be a whole can of worms to open up for them because this whole time it's felt like don't punish the players. The, it feels like the players, ha, you know, this is unfair to them to let them at least keep playing out this season. I do agree with that statement somewhat, and depending on how much they knew, I, I don't know. But obviously, Blake Corum was connected with an LLC, one of those uh-huh. ones from Connor Stallions. He says he didn't know anything about it, and I'll take him at his word for now. But evidence keeps on being uncovered every day because. All those LLC, that stuff's public. You right. can find that stuff, and people have been finding it and seeing that similar filings have been done in multiple states. What what part does that have to do with the scheme beyond the money going in so that it can be funded? I don't know. Why does it have to be different states? Ask a lawyer. We'll all get the write-up, uh, hopefully, eventually. But it just remains that we, we said this a few weeks ago, that the 30 for 30 or whatever sports documentary gets their hands on this, the first exclusive interview with Connor Stallion's, is just going to be the meatiest, juiciest stuff ever. Well, so with
2: uh, John U. Bacon naming Tim Smith as the eccentric booster that's sort of backing all of this, important to know that there is a Tim Smith on the board of the Champion Circle, the official partner of Michigan Athletics in for, for name, image, and likeness. So with this, with a lot of things, you kind of just got to follow the money to figure out where this is and possibly where it could go. Um, but Chris Partridge reportedly pressuring players to keep this under wraps I mean it, it it's I, I I think back to what Aiden Hutchinson said when he was asked a couple weeks ago about Connor Stallions and say not really knowing who he was mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he knew Chris Partridge was <laughs> That's I think for there, sure. was a, there was there a, was a gap in Partridge at Michigan once and then he went to Old Miss and then I think he came back before being fired yesterday. But the plausible deniability things is becoming, and it wasn't much to begin with, but just let, it's eroding by the day. Um, I, I did tease, and I want to pay off on it a little bit, as today is Senior Day for Ohio State. So you're going to get, what, 23 members of the football team are going to be saying goodbye to the shoe. Now, mm-hmm. there's still plenty to play for here, so this is a final time for Ohio State fans, for the coaches, for their families, um, to really take everything in that the the football experience at the Horseshoe brings. Um, a couple other guys will likely be pe- playing their last game at Ohio Stadium. Marvin Harrison Jr., Mecca Igbuka, Travion Henderson, we think, Denzel Burke, JT Tuimaluau, probably their final time.
3: Tyleek Williams, also a name that comes up in there, as well as his uh, defensive tackle, sidekick, whatever you want to call him. It's sidekick's yep. not the right word for yeah. it, but Mike call's not playing today, but it could be... It, it, this could be his last season as well as he's had a pretty good career and maybe he jumps to the NFL draft. Jack Sawyer, uh, also a guy to keep an eye on as he's kind of been co-championing the defensive end position with JT Tui out. but hasn't been. He's one of those guys. Jack Sawyer is that's a little confusing. He's um, what was his uh, what was his name, Zach? Zach. Zach Harrison? Zach Harrison, where he was actually very effective, like if you looked at like the advanced stats and like PFF type grading, but he didn't have the production that we've sometimes probably unrightfully come to expect from Ohio State because of how good the Bosa-Bosa-Young run was. Jack Sawyer is a guy who's actually been really effective out there if you look at it from that standpoint, but he is not ballooned up on the stat sheet at all. And Does that entice him enough, having that kind of advanced s- stats and scouting go in his favor? Does that entice him enough to leave? Those are some names to watch of guys that will not be walking for senior day but could be playing their last game in Ohio Stadium.
2: And it was uh, earlier this week, Ryan Day said that uh, Josh Proctor should be good to go. Uh he mm-hmm. got knocked out in that game against Rutgers, missed Michigan State. Um but his final time of the shoe he will be able to play, unfortunate for Lathan Ransom, who likely out for the regular season. If they make a college football playoff run, maybe there's a chance that Ransom can return. Um, but for Cade Stover, for Mayan Williams, I had thought that there would be maybe a, a chance to get them a lot of touches. To, uh, to as a thank you for your service type thing, and definitely Cade Stover with what he'll factor into what you'll need next week against Michigan. But with everything that's gone on on social media and the the, the push by the university to get route man Marvin Harrison Jr. to New York, mm-hmm. it starts with him. It, it, that's the focal point for the offense because you've almost made it so. And it's not a force. feed And it's feed not him. a bad idea.
3: Yeah, that's why it's it's not a force feed him. It's just. That guy can eat, give him as much food as you can because he will swallow it all up. We saw it last week that like, oh man, were they, were they trying to get Marv stats? I think maybe a little bit, but it's also the correct game plan because when you try to get Marv stats, he scores three touchdowns on your first three drives and boom, the game's over. Well, yeah, it worked pretty well. And uh, someone was asking me uh,
2: the route man nickname versus the Maserati Marv. And I'll say route man is a better nickname for Marvin Harrison Jr. than Maserati Marv. Maserati Marv feels a little bit forced, and if you go back to last season, it was C.J. Stroud who told all of us that they call him the route man. Yeah, so I'm actually looking at it. A- I will trust that more than Gus Johnson force-feeding something down our throats.
3: I'm looking at an article from January 4th, 2022, after uh, Marv had a really good game, along with what we saw from Jackson Smith and Jigba in that Rose Bowl, and yeah, they called him them- <laughs> call the call route, them man. route man. For, for the man, Stroud calls route man Marv. <laughs> so C.J. Stroud, that's where the nickname comes <laughs> it's from. It's a
2: great nickname. So go with that. Go with the route man. Just do what you did last week against Michigan State in terms of your play calling, because that's what you need in a game like this. And then a moment that could be hap- had next week in the big house that will ensure Marvin Harrison Jr. at least a spot in New York City uh, come December. Again, asking what the Buckeyes can do today for the route man is something along with teams that can clinch a conference championship berth today in college football. We'll get in all of that with our guest, Maddie Andrews, coming up next at Sports Saturday here on The Fan.
1: Rivalry week is coming, and we smell a meat chicken beatdown. Sponsored by your Central Ohio Toyota dealers.
4: Toyota, let's go places. The f-
0: Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S. based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. During
1: weekend programming. Pants are optional. Look at my butt! However, leather chairs may have been a bad choice. You're listening to Fan Sports Saturday.
2: Eric greaser, chops, Bodie Wells, run along until 9.30. It wasn't until this morning I learned that last night's 108-100 win of the Detroit Pistons was an in-season tournament game for my Cleveland Cavaliers. Woo-hoo. Despite the court looking the way it did, I paid zero attention to anything going on outside of the, the basketball play. Like, I watched it. It was fine. You know, you, lose, you don't have Darius Garland because of a hamstring. The Pistons are really bad. So this felt like for the Cavaliers, okay, just win the game. Another one-one. I kind of like the end season tournament. Not gonna lie. Kinda, really, I've been into it. Honestly,
3: yeah. you would be the first. I've not heard anybody. It's, it's not.
2: Don't get me wrong. It's not like I know. It's not a huge deal to me. It's kind of just like all these tournaments we're going to see
1: in college basketball this week. You know, whoever wins the Maui, it doesn't make up for winning your conference or going to the Sweet 16 or Elite 8, but it's like, hey, cool, we won the Maui tournament. You know, it's not not that important, but it's like, hey, it's kind of fun. If I
3: was somebody like you, or it sounds like, you know, Bodie cares about it as well, I don't, you know, check into the the NBA too closely until football season is over. I could see maybe doing it, but to me, it feels like it's at the wrong point in the calendar. But you're right. I always talk about that with college football. Why I love it so much is because there's context to every game with the rankings and historical things and rivalries and stuff. So at least add some context and maybe over the years, we can find some rivalries within the end season tournament. But right now it feels like it's falling flat as far as interesting other people in the nba who aren't already watching
2: they it. want it to become a thing in the next couple of years and so you have to start somewhere with it and i get it for the nba this is probably the right time to do it if you want to get it in, generate interest in any way um it's funny just as i remember like watching parts of that Cavs game last night like the court is it's supposed to be like, like the funny court mm-hmm. but it was just a kind of a brown Basketball court, so I didn't really think anything of it, and I they I don't, don't have think one that's like it. blue.
3: They don't like some they're, the you know a yeah.
2: wine and gold team. Mm-hmm. Um, but you did talk about what you know. The eyes of the nation, the, 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 the foot or the sports psyche is really focused on football. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so for the NBA, for, to Bodie's point about the, the college teams, you, you do little things you can to try to, to generate some sort of gimmick with this. And I do think the in season tournament is rather gimmicky. Um, but what won't be gimmicky is what's going to happen today at 4 p.m. at Ohio Stadium. And you'll have senior day, uh, for about 21 Buckeyes. And then you're going to say goodbye to a couple of players that you've, Learned a love over the years. One Marvin Harrison Jr. And I think you had an update on a couple of guys going for today's matchup. Because two things with it. When stay healthy for Michigan are the most important keys for me for Ohio State, Minnesota.
3: Yeah, and there's a, a couple of guys who will be involved in the senior day ones. And there's another one in this report that it could be his last game. Well, it, it, it. He won't play in Ohio Stadium today, according to Pete Thamel, ESPN reporter. He says, sources, Ohio State defensive lineman Michael Hall Jr. will be out against Minnesota. He adds, uh, linebacker Tommy Eikenberg is considered questionable. And as Ryan Day told us earlier this week, safety Josh Proctor is expected to return. So... Those are three guys on the defensive side that has dealt with a little bit of an injury bug as the season has gone down, but it sounds like you'll definitely get Proctor back, maybe Eichenberg, but according to Pete Thamel, no Mike Hall today.
2: Questionable is a word I would never use to describe our next guest. We go out now to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems fan guest hotline to a man that will be roaming the sidelines at the horseshoe tonight, Maddie Andrews. Of course, you'll be able to hear him, Skip, Paul, and Jim starting at 2.30 today. They'll have the network pregame, and then at 4 o'clock, the boot will meet the ball between Ohio State and Minnesota. Maddie, when Ohio State, on a probably every other day basis, puts out something in relation to Marvin Harrison Jr. and getting him the Heisman Trophy, what things can be done today to ensure that at least the route man gets the invite to New York City?
4: Is going to be with you win the game, uh, go for a hundred or more receiving two scores somehow, I think I mean and then you but today may not even matter as much as certainly as much as next week. He's got to vote win the game next week and he's got to be good next week for him to to win it and i I think probably with a good day today is definitely in the conversation of and likely being invited. That's just my guess. But I'm glad Pete Tamil's given injury news that uh, that apparently they don't release so four hours from now, but it's good to hear, Chops. I heard you say that earlier. I'm like, did I miss something? And I had not seen Tamil's report yet, but uh, I guess that would not be a shock considering how things kind of went last week. Sorry to divert there.
3: No, you're good. And yeah, you're right about Marv, like take care of business today, but really he can gain some voters and gain traction in that against Michigan next week. I want to focus on the stuff right before the game. You're obviously always on the sidelines. So you've seen a number of these come through. What is so special about senior day? And do you have one specific senior in the years that you've been down there on the field that stood out to you? Just an emotional response to it or anything that you remember from previous senior days?
4: It's the finality of it all, right? I mean, just understanding a lot of these guys who came in hyped and highly touted have produced, some have not. That's part of the journey. It's Everybody's journey is different, as we, we've heard a lot this week, and seeing that come to an end, I was not working when Troy Smith ran out, but that's the one that sticks out to me. None really stick out in terms of guys running out while in the last eight or nine years being down on the field, but they're all emotional. The line of parents, seeing the coach, whoever it might be at the end of the line as the said player is going to see those those parents. Like, it's not easy. It's not easy The commitment the, the pressure, the ability for these guys to come in and be a Buckeye and do it well. And everybody's story is different. I think that's what makes it humbling and unique to watch it happen. Like, like both said yesterday, I think on a show, Michigan Senior Day is a little bit different for everybody, but this will be equally as memorable for those that do not end a year at home against a team up north.
2: Matt Andrews, our guest, you can hear him statewide on the Ohio State Sports Network starting at 2.30 today. they will have pregame coverage of Ohio State and Minnesota. Matty, for Ryan Day, for this team, I can't imagine the, the task that they've had in front of them of trying to... Because you hear coaches talk about it all the time. You have to block out the noise. You can't eat the rat poison. But there's been so much noise. There's been so much out there that hasn't had anything to do with what's actually going on on the field to prepare them for a Minnesota team that Vegas says they're 27.5 point difference in terms of how good Ohio State is and how not good Minnesota is. What do you think has been the biggest challenge for Ryan Day in keeping his team focused on what's in front of them, knowing what's coming?
4: That's a great question. Being in the now has certainly been the topic, probably now for the last three or four weeks. And for for some Buckeye fans that live for that last game only, uh, and we all look forward to next week. Uh, you you've got to you've got to be in the present. And Ryan Day, beyond his professional life, I feel like with some of the silly accusations coming towards he and his family as this year has gone, has been in the present, has been in the now. And I think he's done a nice job of keeping this group focused. I also think it helps that he's got a team that's very veteran, very leadership oriented. The Eichenbergs, the Sovers, those guys, uh, there are others. But having that presence, be everyone, well, man, we've talked to, and I know it's easy because the microphone's in front of them and they're trained to do it this way, but they've all been in the next week mentality, Um, you know, I remember a couple weeks ago asking some guys post-game, how do you not look past what's coming and what is beyond the next two weeks? How, how do you stay in the today? And they've all been very respectful of that, and and at least publicly they've said it. Now, if they can manage today and get a win, somebody asked in the press conference this week, what will it be like at 7 o'clock for you? Will you let it all out then? And I feel like as this week goes, there's going to be a crescendo more and more every week, and we did learn this week the press conference will still be Tuesday, so that looks like that'll be, and I think the radio show is Wednesday with, with Paul and Jim and Coach, but, you know, they'll shut it down then for Thanksgiving. There'll be some family time, obviously, one day or whatever, along with the practice There's some of these guys can be around their, their families, but they've done a nice job of staying in them today. Look, Minnesota, I'm just, I was looking over their game that was part of the interview just to be up on some stuff. Their kicker, a guy by the name of Dragon uh, Dragon Kasich, I believe is how you say it. I'd have to check the pronunciation guy, but he's like their biggest threat on offense. He's like number two in the Big Ten in kicking. So that's the guy they're highlighting. So let's let's not make it more than it is today. Let's go out there and get this thing over with by halftime and repeat last week, right? Hopefully with a healthy group.
3: Yeah, well, I guess you kind of answered what I was wondering next. Is there anything that stands out to you in your advanced scouting of Minnesota <laughs> that, that gives them anything? Well, I guess I guess they've got the kicker, but yeah, the I mean,
4: turnover margin is good. They get they get turnovers. That's the thing I really would like to see from Ohio State today. Like you're negative one. You think you're going to go up there next week and win by giving it away or not getting some? I don't think so. So let's let's tune up today. Let's get a couple. Now that will be. You know, an end-all tell-all, but Minnesota's good in the turnover margin. They protect the ball to the peers, and, um, but none of their numbers jump out. I mean, none of them. Their third-down defense percentage, 115th in the nation. They're last in the Big Ten in red zone defense. They'll take care of business today, hopefully in the first half, and mind your week-to-week business, right?
2: <laughs> it does feel, Matty, that it's just flying in the face of everything a coach would say to his players in that you've got to focus on what's in front of you. I think it was even Nick Saban who was trying to keep even Miss Terry focused on Chattanooga before they get to the Iron Bowl. And it's like, all right, focus on Minnesota because Michigan's next week, and then you have everything that's come out. in it, it, A day that ends in a why there's something new about Michigan. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you've heard, and I just want to get your thoughts on this real quick, about Chris Partridge, Michigan's linebackers coach, being fired. Is it weird to you, or maybe it's just me that they would fire a linebackers coach with a top five defense the week before Ohio State? Seems
4: odd. Seems odd. <laughs> but clearly, clearly, nothing, nothing, nothing they've done is incorrect. We've heard that for three weeks. But that, that smoke. That's gone. That's a fire. He gone, and that is, uh, you know, for a good defense, for a dominant defense up north, seems very odd. Again, I'm, I'm sick of opening the emails. Getting responses and statements <laughs> from Michigan spokespeople about this uh, every day. They're doing their job, but it's it's just it's 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 so tired, so tired. The only thing though that matters after seven o'clock today is that you, from an Ohio State perspective, you can go up there next week and win by one point,
2: point. and that'll get it done. Maddie, thank you so much for the time today. We look forward to hearing you tonight, and then we look forward to the build-up for the game next Saturday. Enjoy the day, bud.
4: All right, fellas. Have a great
2: one. Maddie joins us courtesy of the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems fan guest hotline. There are several teams in the country that can clinch a championship berth in their college football conference. We'll tell you who. We'll do that next. It's Sports
1: Saturday here on The Fan. If you miss a live show, you can catch the podcast. If you miss the podcast, our hosts have volunteered to have dinner with you.
0: Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at slash aware. Live local and still slightly
1: drunk. I'm, I'm not drunk, all right? I just have a speech impediment. This is Fan Sports Saturday.
2: and yeah, we're breaking rules over here. Eric Reeser chops Bodie Wells. Because three weeks from today, December 2nd's championship Saturday in college football. And right now, the SEC is that game set. Maybe Georgia, Alabama for the 90th year in a row. Florida State's looking like they're going to be, or they already have clinched their spot in the ACC championship
3: game. We think we know how the Big Ten's going to shake out. The Big Ten is very straightforward on the East. The winner of Ohio State, Michigan, because they both hold the tiebreaker over Penn State, even if they both lost today, the winner of Ohio State, Michigan will represent the the Big Ten East in the Big Ten championship game. The West, straightforward. Until it isn't, which, man, what a great way for the Big Ten West to go out. It seems like it's every year that it's straightforward until it isn't. Iowa has a game against Illinois today in Iowa City. They are at Nebraska on Black Friday next week. Win one of those games, and they win the Big Ten West. They would be in the Big Ten Championship game playing the winner of Ohio State-Michigan. If they lose both of those to Illinois and at Nebraska, then Northwestern, Illinois, Nebraska, Wisconsin, and Minnesota all have a shot at the Big Ten West title through various tiebreaker scenarios, Purdue, the only team that's eliminated from the West, it does feel like Nebraska has the easiest route besides Iowa because they would uh, one they'd have the tiebreaker over the Hawkeyes, which would would work in their favor, and then they hold the head-to-head win over Illinois, who would also have to beat Iowa in this scenario and thus strengthen their stuff. Minnesota is probably the one that's most out because we feel like they're going to lose. They'll take a loss today, today. At, at Ohio State, but Northwestern, Wisconsin, Illinois, Nebraska, and Iowa. I don't know. Take your pick, but if Iowa just wins
2: one of them, they're in. Uh, the ACC also, probably Louisville, will be Florida State's opponent. Uh, the Cardinals have Miami today at noon. But I think tickets are going for like five bucks down at Coral Gables, so the U's come a long way from, hey, they're back at the beginning of the season to now they're just the same old Miami. The Pac-12's a little bit more chaotic. Uh For Washington, the fifth-ranked Huskies today have Oregon State, so that game's in uh, Corvallis. That's a 730. That'll be your primetime spot. If Washington can win one of its last two. And they're an underdog today. Then they are in the Pac-12 title tilt. With that win over Oregon. Uh, for Oregon State. They've got to win out. So if they have, want any shot of being in the Pac-12 title tilt. They've got to beat the Huskies today. Um, similarly for Oregon they have to at least win one of their next two to get that rematch with Washington, pending the Huskies are able to run the table. Arizona is still alive. They just need to uh, beat Utah, I believe, is their opponent today, yes, at 2.30, and then have a bunch of chaos go in their way.
3: And the Pac-12, of course, is just what the Big Ten is going to next year. Top two teams in the division, just or in the league, just play each other for the championship.
2: And I look up at our television, and I see the college game day crew talking about this Washington Oregon State matchup and I had thought going into this morning that one of several leading features maybe the, the first or the second thing that the game day crew would talk about would be the Michigan scandal and the things that had happened in the last 24 hours. The fact that Jim Harbaugh is not going to be on the sideline today against Maryland, then next week against Ohio State, that they would go to resident clown and Michigan man Desmond Howard for his take. Doesn't look like that's been the case, but since the beginning of this, it feels like when the Michigan wants to get a point out there, they first issue it to Desmond, he gets to and shout also Charles it.
3: Woodson apparently. Charles
2: Woodson on the big noon kick, but Desmond with his platform on ESPN, he gets it out to the masses. We all have a good laugh at it because it's been nonsensical from jump but the one thing that he understands i think better than I mean, than a lot of people is the commitment to the gimmick if you believe a lie then it's true and the problem is it's harder it's to commit. Lie if you believe it excuse it's, me.
3: it's harder to commit to the gimmick right now because this was the harder, first yes. time that we've gotten something definitive, not completely, but somewhat definitive, that Harbaugh is serving this su- suspension. They are not challenging the Big Ten for this. That's the most, that's the clearest anything has been since this whole saga started, that we finally have Harbaugh has accepted a punishment. Nobody's fighting it. Nobody's claiming any other one. And so what are you going to say? But yes, I'm. I will be locked in to see what Desmond has to say today. What other Michigan men have to say today? Big Noon, their show, of course, starts in about a half an hour. He said nothing to this point
2: in today's program. But for us, for ESPN, for Fox, any of our college football discuss or any of our college football segments or topics have really like. Thank you, Jim Harbaugh, for this because not only have the last two wins elevated the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry from the pit of. Nothing that it had been mm-hmm. because, again, there was a whole generation of Ohio State fans that were probably still in diapers at 06. And then after that, it was this isn't a rivalry. This is bug meets windshield. The last two games have kind of helped bring luster back into this. And now, of course, it's ramped up with this. So look, I'm going to say it. Thanks, Jim. <laughs> this helps a lot of people. ESPN's probably saying it, Fox is probably saying it. Like, this has given us so much to talk about on top of everything else that there always is to do at this time of the year – that I am, that this this season especially, I'm thankful for this.
3: And it helps on a weekend where we're mostly headlined by a couple of good Pac-12 matchups yep. that you've mentioned. You've also got Georgia at Tennessee. I don't think it's going to be much of a game, but no. still an interesting one. And that's at the that'll be a 330 kick, but really the same time as Ohio State. So that's a good two-screen thing. I will obviously be watching Iowa-Illinois as well, but I don't think too many people are interested in that one. But if they win, they will be
2: in the Big Ten title. We will be talking to you next time after the conclusion of Ohio State and Michigan. But Ohio State, Minnesota, today at 4 o'clock, we'll step aside for Skip Mossick, who will bring you Ohio College football today from 9.30 to 10.30. Then from 10.30 to noon 30, it'll be the fans' pregame show. Live from the Ozone on a lane, that'll be Matty Ice and Timmy Hall. We'll take you into the tailgate show. Then our network coverage begins at 2.30. Again, Chops and I will be back next Saturday after Ohio State beats Michigan
4: the fan guest hotline is sponsored by service air technology and bryant doing whatever it takes to keep you and your home comfortable the fan
0: every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss plus with a u.s based restoration specialist on your team you won't have to face drained accounts fraudulent loans or other losses from identity theft alone
1: Fan weather.
4: From the Logan AC and Heat Services Weather Center. Expect plenty of
0: sunshine this afternoon as we reach the chilly upper 40s. We'll stay dry this evening. Under clear skies, temperatures will fall through the 40s and into the lower 30s overnight. Sunny conditions continue for Sunday with highs near normal in the lower 50s. I'm Doppler 10 meteorologist Erica Colora am The Fan.